This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. going on everybody welcome back to coruscant radio underground um i found i found marisha she hasn't been here in forever yes andrew has a wife still (laughs) (laughs) still here Um, yay welcome back marisha thank you i'm glad to be back uh covid really did me in (laughs) um so i have finally i think i finally recovered like all the way yeah good <laughs> and then we got we brought kelly back she was such a, a bundle of of uh positivity last week that thank we just you. had to bring her back so yay thank um you. <laughs> and uh daniel daniel might join us in progress it seems he got stuck at a football party so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah he accidentally got in the front he says there's yeah. eight cars behind me it's like uh-huh did that on accident i'm confident <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, we want to talk about this episode. I, I, the, I mean, it's it's an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you just look at it on its own, it's one of the best episodes of Star Wars TV. Period. Oh yes, uh, I mean, if it was an episode of The Mandalorian, it would still be one of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's some mixed feelings on how it affects the series to take a full step aside. And do an episode about a different character. But um, I know that Dave Filoni and John Favreau told us way back when they first announced this show that this was essentially The Mandalorian 2.5. Yes, yes. And we kind of started to wonder when that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not unprecedented. They did an entire episode of WandaVision about Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. I mean, really recently. And, you know, I mean, sometimes that's how stories work. Absolutely. So. And it's necessary. It's necessary for where they're going. Right. And it's Favreau and Filoni. They're not going to give away anything. They are like the masters nope. of secrets. Yep. And they've never let us down. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's a lot going on. And and I do kind of question taking a full episode and not showing Boba Fett at all. I think that's fair. But, um, so Charlie, uh, DJ, uh, I, I did send you the link if, uh, if you do want to jump in. Oh, DJ, come join the party. Yay. Um, but, uh, what did y'all think about the episode? Just taking the episode by itself, not considering, without consideration of how it fits as part of the whole. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think about the episode? So Just- fun. <laughs> I'll let you go first. <laughs> I mean that that's pretty much my, you know, what five word summary. It was so fun. It really was. It really was. Four word. It really was. It was like seeing a group of friends, like best friends that we haven't seen in about a year. And it was mm-hmm. so nice. And you we know, miss them. I I did. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, it was great to see some of the characters again. Uh, the armor is a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pelimoto, who is a character when she first showed mm-hmm. up the very first time, it was like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah, this just feels so off. But that character has just gotten better every time she's shown up. 
Definitely. Definitely. The the little bit that I mean, she's just so funny and you don't expect it out of her. And, and like the little bit how she's like, Oh, I dated a Jawa. It's like, uh, what? They're furry, yes. They're furry, they're furry. Oh no, TMI. <laughs> We call TMI. <laughs> I mean, okay. Now I'm not gonna lie. I always assumed as a kid, mm -hmm. after like after I saw Return of the Jedi, that Jawas were Ewoks wearing robes. Really? I mean, that was just I can like see that. That's I can just see where my that. brain a lot of went. same. It's a lot of similar sounds. Yeah, lots of yeah. similar sounds, yeah. similar size. So I mean, I was similar just size, like, yeah. you know. Eight-year-old me was just like, okay, well, you know, clearly those critters are Ewoks. <laughs> the desert cousins of the Ewoks. I mean, now we know they're furry, so I mean, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> oh no, Fifty Shades of Utini. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but her character has gotten to be a lot more fun. It's like they kind of fine-tuned the humor, and I think it really works now. And yeah. Um, I wouldn't want like episode. I wouldn't want like a whole show of that. No, it would be too much. Right. But Absolutely. It's, it, it is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. one of the things I think my favorite thing about this episode is that we've kind of gone back and started. Um, you know, the original Star Wars, the original three movies, is fantasy. It's pure, mm -hmm. purely a, a high fantasy story mm -hmm. uh, with a few science fiction elements thrown in. You know, it's, it's, it's fantasy in space, so it has a sci-fi right. feel to it. But I mean, Lucas always said it's, it's a fairy tale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's influenced by a lot of science fiction and fantasy writing. But... The Mandalorian feels has all has felt very science fiction, and the Book of Boba mm -hmm. Fett. Uh, actually, the Book of Boba Fett feels like even going back to the Tuscans, like we've done a good job of reintroducing the fantasy elements mm -hmm. back into Star Wars, where I feel like largely the sequel trilogy didn't do a great job with introducing fantasy elements. Mm -hmm. um, the Mandalorian didn't do a lot with fantasy elements. The, the Mandalorian feels very purely science fiction. Yeah, but we've added in we added in the stuff with the the Tuscans, the sort of mysticism, the the vision mm -hmm. quest, and that stuff. And now we're adding this stuff in with uh, the Mandalorians and their myths mm -hmm. and prophecies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was so cool. <laughs> just the whole thing was so cool I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well and you know we we've kind of got some kind of like hints of sort of Mandalorian mythicism mm -hmm. over oh, yeah. the years but it's always you know Dave I mean Dave Filoni just loves Mandalorians and so he's yeah. always got a dropping like and there's a little bit more lore yeah you know just in case uh you know for those of us who have been starving for Mandalorian backstories, you know, got to drop yeah. a little bit in there. And that's always fun. Right. I mean, it kind of filled in the gap between Rebels and The Mandalorian Season 2. Because <laughs> last time we know, Sabine Wren gave uh, Bo-Katan the, um, gifted her the, the Darksaber. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden in The Mandalorian Season 2, there's Bo-Katan and she doesn't have a Darksaber anymore. So right. yeah. it, it filled it in. Uh, and and all of that with um, 
you know, that was like the really big thing last year was like how Sabine Wren could give the saber to mm -hmm. uh, Bo-Katan, but how come Mando had a fight for it and Mando can't give it back to Bo-Katan? And now we know why. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it's like all of that's really interesting um, with the dark saber and what it means because we've got these different groups, these different clans of of mm -hmm. Mandalorians, and it's the dark saber is less significant to some groups than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the the at the time that we see them in the Clone Wars, they're very much ruled by blood, yeah. right? Yep, not by the dark saber. Those yep. people, the people with the dark saber, are like off hiding on. Uh, Concordia, so right. right, and and we've established now that the group that that Din Djarin thinks are the only Mandalorians are indeed the Death Watch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you know, and that was kind of always the speculation, but now we know for now sure know. That that's yeah, they're they're very much Death Watch. Um, I was reading on that the other day because they haven't. We know it was Death Watch that rescued him as a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we never like we we've called these these people the children of the watch. Right. But actually, right. in the French version of the show, it actually calls them the heirs of the Death Watch. Okay, right. right. So they're the surviving yep. members of the Death Watch. And actually, I have some theories. Like the armor, you know, when we saw Maul take over the Mandalorians in the Clone Wars, a lot of the mm -hmm. ones that were under serving him added horns to their helmets. Right, that's and, right. Uh, and then the armor is wearing horns on that helmet. You're right, they're, they're way more subtle than what we saw in the animated version. Mm -hmm. But I think the ones that they did in the animated version would have been a little much in live action. And mm -hmm. um, the the armor is a really interesting character. Do y'all think that the armor is someone that we know? Right. Like, are we, I mean, are we going to know either who she is or who she's descended from? I think it's more likely that we know, we know her family or her clan. I, I think we've kind of exhausted the really recognizable names. Yeah. Maybe so. Well, I mean, we, we still have a few out there. Um, who was the one that took Sabine's side against the Death Watch? Um. Hmm. So we've got a few other people that we haven't really brought up yet. Also, the Wrens and the um, mm -hmm. the Vizlas have been connected for for yeah. generations. So I mean, that's the thing. You know, Sabine's got a brother. Yeah, who could have children? I that's just think true. she's very interesting because she knows so much. Yeah, she's like you can't just have a character that can give that much exposition on the history of both Mandalorians and Jedi. Mm -hmm. And not have her be of some importance. Like she's mm -hmm. there's a reason she knows so much. Mm -hmm. Right. There, there can't likely. just be a there can't just be no reason for her to be that well versed in the histories. Not whenever Dave Filoni's calling the shots on the story. Right. Like I mean, honestly, there might be some some stories that would be like, yeah, I mean, it could just be a story point, you know, like because she needs to. But Dave Filoni doesn't work that way. Right. Mm-hmm. There's only one, one person, well, not, yeah, she's a person, uh, one person that I could think of that would, like, really drop our jaw that we already know of, 
but she's not scheduled in this. She's scheduled in Ahsoka. So like yeah. Sabine, Sabine would be the only one that everybody would know that everybody would scream over. Yeah. But she's not supposed to be in this one. So well, you'd have to make a pretty big, you'd have to have a pretty big twist for her to be leading death. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we decided that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Anyway, um, but it wouldn't uh, be the first time someone decided a Star Wars character should change directions, but hopefully. Yeah, that I, I don't true. see. I don't see Filoni doing that with one of his own characters. That's that's true. Uh, he doesn't. But, he doesn't just have the uh, overwhelming need to subvert expectations necessarily. Right. Right. So, so backing up to the beginning of the episode, we don't have to move very far forward. Talk about the. Um, mm -hmm about the stuff with the other Mandalorians, but uh, we start off in the, the Clatoonian meat package. Yes. Um, which in, in itself is a very, you know, we, we've kind of mm -hmm. done this mix of Western and gangland stuff. Mm -hmm. And the whole meat packing plant is just a very gangland. That's growth. pure mob. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I love that whole thing. Um, I, I love the way that he he conducts himself when he walks in there, and um, and uh, by the way, you know the the animals. I saw some people say, "Well, that just looks too much like beef." But I, in the concept art, I'm pretty sure they're nerfs. I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've uh, seen nerfs. Yeah. In, uh, in 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 live action, so that's that's, that's fun. Um, mm -hmm. What did y'all think about seeing him? This is the first time we've really seen him wield the dark saber. Yes. Um, first, I I screamed over, you know, I could bring you in hot or I could bring you in cold. And I'm like, he said the thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I really love that. But seeing him so clumsily wield mm -hmm. that dark saber, there's something up there. Yeah. And, you know, he he can't use it. And is he destined to actually have that? So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because there's been a lot of talk about um like Adam Driver uh like he he hefts that lightsaber like it's got weight. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. and you know, and kind of like I mean it's a lightsaber it hasn't got weight. You know, so that's kind of been a conversation. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting that they actually brought up it gets heavier and heavier the longer I use it because yeah. he's using yeah. it wrong. When they kind of did that when Sabine was training with it mm -hmm. and couldn't quite wield it. Yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, in Legends, part of the reason that not just anyone can pick up a lightsaber and use it is because mm -hmm. of the way that it, the, the crystal in particular interacts with the, the user and that yeah. if you're not trained, you really can't use one well. Right. And... Um, so I actually like that and it actually makes me, because I have in the past complained about the way that Adam driver wielded his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, but now that they're kind of, because they, that wasn't part of the canon and they never mm -hmm. mentioned it there, but now that they're kind of bringing that back in to canon, that mm -hmm. that lightsaber, that, that it actually has weight to it. It makes his use of the lightsaber make a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so I, I appreciated that. I was like, they brought that up and I was like, so I don't know if they, kind of went that direction to sort of you know, I, I think that's Filoni bringing ways back. yeah 
I think it could either go the way where mm-hmm. he needs to train and he's going to go pay a visit to Grogu. So, hey, Luke, you want to give me some, you know, lightsaber mm-hmm. tips? Yeah. Or is he not supposed to have that dark saber in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's going to be real interesting to see where the story with where the story for the dark saber continues mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah. Because I, it is a question of, is he supposed to be the one that has it? Yeah. Um, but who could actually unite Mandalore? Like someone from one of the extreme sides is not going to unite Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um Granted, there's not a lot of the watch left, or, or at least I guess there are multiple coverts. So we, we there may be whole other groups yeah. of the children of the watch out there. Well, I mean, and then and then you get to the legend part. You know, when um, mm-hmm. they were saying the legend of Mandalore about how the one who's going to rule them is going to ride in on the mythical li- mythosaur. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about the 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 rising of the myth. The, you know, the mythosaur will rise again, and of course, she yeah. immediately points out, "Too bad they don't exist anymore. Too bad they're 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 myth. Too bad they're legend." Right. Um, but I'm not sure that we're talking about a literal mythosaur. Right. Not talking about Boba Fett rising to power because what's his insignia? It's a mythosaur. Yeah. Right. You know, I, so. and as soon as they said that, that's where my mind went was that yes! they're talking about uh, Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and I would actually love to learn more about why the signet for the Fett clan is the mythosaur. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Wish we had that in a flashback. <laughs> right. And we might still get those things. And that, that might, would be absolutely might. amazing. But, um, you know, it's. I am really interested to see if I, I want Boba Fett to be. I had totally discounted Boba Fett as part of the reclamation of Mandalore. I thought his story yeah. was going somewhere totally separate. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to see that they're tying that all back together and that Boba Fett, because we've never gotten this like really specific answer as to what Django Fett's standing as a Mandalorian was. Right, exactly. But we do know that in The Mandalorian Season 2, we had that scene where Boba had to prove that Mm -hmm. this was in his lineage for, you know, hand Mm -hmm. it down and hand it down. And here's his um, Mandalorian code. And it's like, why would they put that in? But now it's like, wow, did they know all back then <laughs> yeah and i think what we're working on is this very we've kind of got this very games of thronish thing going on with the mandalorians <laughs> and yeah. i do like this i mean because we in clone wars we have a character that when when obi-wan asks about Django fett mm-hmm. you know one of these guys says you know he's not a mandalorian i don't know where he got that armor right but it's this whole thing where you know a lot of these a lot of the people, you know, members of the Watch don't consider my, uh, most Mandalorians to be Mandalorians. And that's the thing. Right. It's like, it's, I almost feel like, you know, having spent all of my life around different groups of Christians, people are like, oh, no, they don't count. They <laughs> yeah. don't, you know, like yes. they don't line up with me on everything. So they and it's like, I mean, how stupid, like, you know. Anyway, and I feel like the Mandalorians kind of have that going there, like, oh no, you don't fit my criteria, but I think Mandalorians yeah. ought to embody, so you don't get to be a Mandalorian. 
you know, yeah. I really feel like everybody's kind of got that sort of thing going on. Yes. Right. Yes, definitely. Uh, so there's a few things worth mentioning as we transition from the opening scene in the meatpacking plant to him meeting with the Mandalorians. One is I love the overlaying of the two themes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's um, awesome. I really like that. Uh, what did y'all think about the the ribbon or ring plan? It's not really a ring; it, it's not full. Um, mm -hmm. But the the this installation, whatever it is, it do. Right. yeah, it was very. Um, it actually really reminded me of. I think I'm the only person like in the entire network that actually watched Foundation when it came out, mm -hmm. but it <laughs> reminds me of kind of some of the stuff they had going on. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because it the took the ring idea from, you know, it took a ring idea, which we see in, in ring world and halo and, and a number of other sci-fi properties, but we left it open on a side. And as it turns, it, it casts its own shadows. So it, it artificially creates areas, alternating areas of shadow and light on mm -hmm. the surface, which was mm -hmm. really cool. I thought it was beautiful. I I enjoy getting new stuff still. Absolutely. It's a big universe. Exactly. There has to be stuff that I've never seen before yeah. on top of the stuff that I've seen all of my life, you know? Right. And I feel like they've done a really nice job at kind of balancing the familiar yeah. with the novel. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, isn't that ultimately what makes star wars so continuously appealing is that it's it's ability to balance novelty with the familiar yes definitely. i mean that's what star wars as its very essence is right mm -hmm. is 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 the most perfect combination of familiar and novel and i really feel like this series has done a great job of balancing that i agree with you yeah mm -hmm. They do. Uh, the other thing, and of course, Bryce Dallas Howard did an amazing job with this entire episode. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She's going to grow man. But the. I know. I know. The, <laughs> one of the things that really jumps out, though, is there is a one shot, a long shot mm -hmm. in this when he goes into where the, the, the bar or whatever it is where he goes to deliver mm -hmm. the bounty to get information. Mm -hmm. Where yeah, was there different. is. There is a two almost two minute and twenty second long shot where it there's mm -hmm. nothing masked. It's all on him. The camera's on him for a solid two minutes and twenty seconds with no cut. Mm -hmm. Nothing masked. Limping. Limping. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's um that was a long shooting. Y'all keep talking. I'm gonna get rid of these uh <laughs> these bots starting to pop up in the uh chat down no, here. Oh no. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that, the, so it was really interesting whenever they go into that bar because we saw some, it, we saw some kind of cantobite sort of, I, I kind of got a little bit of that vibe. It's, it's a little seedier, but we saw some kind of creatures. Um, yeah. The like of which we haven't really seen mm -hmm. um, anywhere else. And I thought that was pretty cool. We got to, you know, again, it's a big universe. Yeah. So we get to see some new and different uh, creatures. And, and I mean, that's always fun. Creatures I, in yeah. Star Wars is just always exciting. 
Yeah. I mean, I love, we keep saying it, but I love the balance of all the old species where you could say, oh, what was that again? You could look mm -hmm. it up and then say, oh, they gave us something new, you know? Absolutely. Give me all of it. Give me all of it. I can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, going back to the training with the, the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's trying to train him, but, um, you know, she's basically telling them there's some reason that you're not able to wield it. Like, maybe yeah. you shouldn't mm -hmm. wield it. Right. Uh, like, she's almost going to try to talk him out of it. Right. Um, uh, how does she know that, though? Like, how does she come off knowing so much about a daggum lightsaber? That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, this is almost... Almost Chekhov's gun, like right, like you you give all this, you show that she knows all this. You have it has to go somewhere. It can't just not go somewhere. And honestly, yeah. like it does seem like it would be a really weird place for um, Sabine to end up. However, mm -hmm. the fact that she's giving him pointers on how to wield it, right? I I would say does give a little bit of indication. Mm -hmm. uh, who, who else would know this information other who than Sabine? Under Rin? that mask. <laughs> Either her or someone who knows her intimately. Mm -hmm. Someone exactly. who's been privy to information mm -hmm. that she's giving out. Right, right. So what did y'all think about the fight between Paz Vizsla and Din Djarin? That was a little bit... You kind of knew that Mando was going to win, but he had to try. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't try? I mean, well, his 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 brother already died in a duel over that, or at least another clan member, right? We already had yeah. a Vizsla die in a duel over that lightsaber. Right. I actually actually wasn't so sure that he wasn't going to lose the dark saber there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I actually really considered the thought that he could lose it there and have to win it back at some point. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. But um, I thought the fight was really good. It was interesting that whichever one was trying to wield the dark saber itself in the fight failed. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, though, he's he's got to try. Right. Mm hmm. It's, it's yeah. his his family heirloom. Like for all the talk about like, oh, it's not a matter of blood. It's a matter of, you know, power. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it is really, it's very tragic though um, that there's the only three members of their clan left and here they are. Like mm -hmm. duking, like we're going to fight to the death. Like two of our three people left of our entire clan are going to fight here to the death. It's like, right. You people are real serious about your like fights. You know, I mean, exactly. generally by the time you get to the point where you're like almost completely extinct, that's whenever people start saying, maybe we should like tone it down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, oh yeah, let's totally have a fight to the death about this. Yeah. This is the way. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Techie says her mannerisms are sus to him. <laughs> That's she's, fair. she's certainly interesting. No. Like there's there's something else going on there. Like yeah. there's a big reveal coming eventually with mm -mm. that character. 
Definitely. Definitely. So Ugh. this this really brings us around, though, to what I think is the the most important moment in this episode, which is he wins the fight and is mm. asked if he's ever removed his helmet. Yeah. Um, we're, we're now following the same theme as the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We witness him lose his family, right? He's, this is the, the only family he's known for a good bit of his childhood, all of his adult yeah. life. And he's yeah. been cast out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, That's what brutal. can I do to redeem myself? <laughs> right. And she, she basically tells him how he can do it and that it's not possible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, how, how is anybody that dogmatic? I don't think I've ever met anybody that dogmatic. <laughs> And is he going to change his clan now, knowing that there's other clans of Mandalores out there, um, other clans of Mandalorians out there that do take off their helmets? And, you know, is he going to change his creed? Right. I do think that this is his, this all leads to growth Mm -hmm. for him of, of he's the guy, he's the only one that's now out there learning about different groups. Mm -hmm. Um, And these, you know, on one hand, she's telling them that, you know, Bo-Katan is a, is a failure, a cautionary tale. Right. Well, he's fought alongside her, and she's clearly a formidable mm-hmm. person that he right. probably wouldn't dare tell that she's not a Mandalorian at this point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, right. <laughs> so I do think that it's very interesting, and I actually wonder why he went back to the armor. I'm assuming he only went back to the armor for information about the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Well, it's his home. He right. finished yeah. his he finished his bounty, you know, collected everything, and that's what he does. He he goes back and says, I'm all done with all of my my journeys. And right. I mean, that was the first time he was back since he gave uh Grogu over to Luke because mm-hmm. she was asking him about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all really, really interesting. And I, I'm I, I I like the fact that I mean, we haven't seen Den Bounty Hunt mm-hmm. since the f- very first few episodes of season one of The Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. And here he's only doing it as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Like he needs this information. This is the only way to get it. Those are the only way to buy that information. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't care about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't care about another job. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to find his uh, his covert of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did get confirmation that uh, Paz Vizsla and the armor are the only ones that survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Man, who else was real sad whenever he gave up that Beskar spear? I was like, but it's so <gasps> cool. Yeah, I love yeah. the Beskar spear. I'm actually more curious about the Beskar spear now because she's talking about Mandalorians wouldn't forge such a thing. Okay, yeah. but define Mandalorians. Right. Like, but she, I mean, her, wow, her, I her, her, that. her her point is that it's the only reason for this weapon to exist is to kill Mandalorians. Yeah. But Filoni knows good and well, and we, we clearly set this up as a viable weapon against Force users, against mm-hmm. somebody wielding a lightsaber. Yes! So now I want to know who actually forged mm-hmm. the spear. Yes, like, what absolutely. is the origin of that spear? Yeah. You know, the thing is, though, 
I almost wonder at the point where she 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 makes him melt that down if she's got it in for him a little bit at that point. Oh, I, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I think she absolutely does. Because the thing is, he sucks with a dart saber. But yeah. He is brutal with that spear. Yeah. And it's like, I almost feel like she's hamstringing him a little bit by taking away. Yeah. Like his 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 biggest advantage he's got because he he's no good with with the other mm -hmm. um offensive weapon that he's trying to wield but this this spear changes the balance of power and and she's not having it yeah i but mean seriously she didn't challenge him she didn't challenge him herself right and i thought that was going to happen and that's what i thought about the spear because if the spirit could, you know, be the only thing that pierce Beskar, what if somebody tries to attack him to try to get the dark saber, and the only thing he has is that that spear? Right, and I do understand. Like he doesn't need to. He doesn't need the spear and the dark saber. Like, mm -hmm. so I understand that, but it's. I think that there has to be more to the story of what the dark saber or, or where that spear came from and what it represents. And did we see her totally melt the entire spear or just the a tip. little tiny tip of it for Grogu? We only actually saw her melt the tip of the spear. Yeah. So there's so she that. keep the rest of it. We don't she know keep the rest of it. So she can make her own best car spear. <laughs> But Wait, part of me wonders. The part of me wonders if the spears were something forged mm -hmm. uh, in combating the Death Watch. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. We're actually um, like if he shows up with a weapon that was specifically created at some point mm -hmm. for fighting the Death Watch. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is Favreau and Filoni. We can't discount anything. That's the Everything thing is nothing for a reason with those yeah. two. Yeah, nothing, nothing that big was done without some forethought. So yeah, it is. It it will be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, um, and I and I'm interested to see. Like, I mean, we talked about it, and you know, and you've already mentioned it. Like, he clearly needs training with the spear. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, with the dark saber. The dark saber. He's he's fixing to go see Luke. Yeah. Like, how great would it be to see Luke training? Oh, so great. <laughs> so great. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I mean, I, they're setting up some potential interesting things. Do y'all think, based on the end of this episode, that next episode we're going to see him go see Grogu? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to go straight to Boba Fett and that that little gap is where the Mandalorian season three picks up? You see, he told Fennec, there's something I have to do first. Somebody right. I have to see first. Yeah. So, but... It's, it's just we, a question. Do we see it or do they skip over it? Yeah. Are we going to see him at all? Or I mean, is going to show up in episode seven? You know, I don't think they bring it up and then don't show it. Will they save it for the Mandalorian? But see, then they would have to like go back flash again. And yeah, well, they, they don't of... though. I mean, you just skip that's over true. a point. You just go and you 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 pick up there and I you guess just skip true. over this uh 
just deal with with Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to do like a half a season of flashbacks to to fill in that if they leave it out. It's just a matter of with only two episodes left, do you now take time another to go do this other mm-hmm. what in what as far as this story is concerned is a side quest, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, that's all the Mandalorian is episode after episode. He's always on a side quest in order to get to the next level. Oh, it's 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 always a fe- it's always a fetch quest with, with yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing how structured like a video game it is, which I don't mind at all, but it, it is it, that's exactly what it feels like. This feels like a Zelda thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I really think up to that point is really the meat of this story. Like we now have him going to go, we know he's going to go meet up with Boba Fett, who is, who has lost his, both of his families. He lost his father. And then he later lost the Tuscans who we now know he was with for four to five years. Yeah. And so, you know, Boba Fett is all about building a tribe, right? And so now yeah. we have this this man who just lost his family. He's been cast, not just lost, yeah. has been cast out. I mean, and if you really think about it, Boba Fett, he might have his little transcription thing, you know, in his um, Beskar that shows his lineage. But every little kid who has lost a parent, they don't know anything about their family history. You know, this could be like... I don't know, like space balls all over again, where, you know, the little ring, like, oh, a prince, you know, like, Boba doesn't know that he's a prince yet. (laughs) I know it's reaching, but. So from there. The mythosaur really makes you think that. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm down for it either way. I'm I'm totally down for the prophecy to be referring to Boba Fett. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm also down to see a mythosaur at some point. So, oh, yeah. Or see Boba Fett ride a mythosaur. He's going to ride Rancor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, um, but I really think that's the meat of this story. And then we get this really cool rest of the episode where we're going to go get a new ship. We're going to go see our yes. old friend Pelly on Tatooine. Yes. who has called him with a replacement for a Razor Crest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's like, like she knows that's not what he's after. Like, she, I mean, she a hundred percent knows what he's going to say when he shows up. Yeah, and she's like, oh no, you know, like, you know, b- trying to get the guy with the the refund to back off so that she can like, you know, pitch. I mean, yeah. she's like, and I have to say, her sales skills are. I was totally used car salesman, right? It's like. You know, Andrew going in to uh, buy a truck and coming home with a, you know, a a Corvette. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, how did that happen? You know? Yeah. It's like, that's not how that's supposed to go. But um... (laughs) But it is a, it is a, I was blown away when they pulled the cover back and it's an N1 Starfighter. And um, the prop department, must have had an absolute blast oh, my, putting this I mean, one together because they yeah. built the whole dang thing. Like, yeah, I mean, that was we're doing cool. a lot of really practical stuff there, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I'm glad they built a a physical prop. That's the sort of thing like the prop yeah. department lives for, though. Right. Yeah. 
the one Easter egg in that one. And God forbid, give me, I don't know anything about mechanical parts, including mechanical Star Wars parts, but the big, long thingamajigger that they needed, the big, long piece. Yeah. That was seen in A, a New Hope. Yeah, <laughs> in the, the trash compactor. Yeah. That's so right, that yeah. was cool. That was cool. I mean, you know, Pelly always has the coolest stuff. I mean, we, we, yeah. we, we've seen uh, a number of different things from the pit droids to, um, to R5 and now a BD droid, which is mm -hmm. really, really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I actually really hope that the BD droid actually ends up with Mando. Oh, me too. With the little tiny feet. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, he's doing the R2-D2 dance right. when he's happy. <laughs> yeah. That was um, cool. I don't know if they're going to go there with it, but um, I mean, you know, we, we did at least see how his attitude has changed mm -hmm. regarding mm -hmm. droids. Uh, with him working with the the BD droid, mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, I mean, what was y'all's favorite thing about that whole sequence with the the building the ship and the, you know, Pelly being dragged away by a womp rat and. <laughs> that was so that was funny. Great. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. It was cool. It was cool entrance. Um, I loved watching him build everything because, like, he's putting his heart and soul and sweat into it, you know, and, like, whoa, wizard, wizard, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got to pull out the uh, Tatooine slang there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there were just so many. Once we got to Tatooine, there mm -hmm. were so many just mm -hmm. amazing uh, scenes. Um, yeah. When is Kitster going to show up though? Now, now we've we've pulled out his 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 favorite exclamation, like it's it's coming, right? This is just another sign that Kitster right. is. I don't is remember who it was on Twitter talking about when he was having to check his bags, check all his weapons before he got on the transportation. I don't remember who it was on um I saw on Twitter that basically compared that to putting Andrew Flame of the West in your checked baggage. Yeah. Like <laughs> Like you don't let that out of your sight. Like I that, that was the one thing that I had an issue with. Like mm -hmm. you gave them the dark saber. <laughs> you don't trust droids to begin with. <laughs> oh man. But that little uh Rodian kid. Oh, it's so mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And then when he was testing out the wizard and the little Rodian mm -hmm. kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that part. Uh, yeah. So the 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 ship is just absolutely awesome. I, I love everything mm -hmm. about it. I love seeing him fly for the first time. I love flying through the um, through the pod race track, mm -hmm. uh, seeing all the things just like they were. I mean, the off ramp where yes. Anakin goes off. I mean, it's still busted yes. uh, all these years later. It's uh, just so many so many cool things in that shot. And then of yeah. course one of our favorite. Uh, new X-Wing pilots shows back up. Uh, yes. And I love that little exchange. Of course, the other actor was yes. the stand-in for Luke Skywalker in the last oh, episode. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Captain cool. Tiva. <laughs> or Teva. I don't know. Tiva, Teva. But yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's great. Mm -hmm. I loved oh. it. But... I mean, that whole thing's great. And I love how he just looks over, you know, the, 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 I love how they do so much with Mando. 
of mm-hmm. conveying like what he's thinking with just a look because I mean, you yeah. have to do that. It's like with a lot of superheroes where they're masked and it's like, mm-hmm. so how do you convey what mm-hmm. they're feeling? Like, you know, with Spider-Man, they finally did the Ditcho eyes where they, they change. And with this, yeah. it's just like, you know, he just looks over and punches the button and he's gone. And uh, <laughs> Like, do you want to fill out paperwork for the rest of the day? Right. <laughs> I nope. love that. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, you know, you, you, you know, you know, it's like you hear those conversations, you know, you hear like cops and nurses being like, yes. <laughs> uh, whenever when I, I was, you know, whenever my middle child was born, the nurse mm-hmm. was like, the doctor caught this baby. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, if anybody asks, I didn't catch it. The doctor caught it. The doctor totally did not. The doctor was totally not there. He didn't believe me when I said it's time to have a baby. But she's like, mm, "I ain't spending the rest of the day doing paperwork." The doctor caught it. You know, I feel like it's exactly that thing, right? Exactly. Nobody got hurt. It's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just let it go. Um, I loved how when they were building the wizard, of course, they didn't put the little part like the droid in that little rear cockpit. Yeah, yeah. And with the cute little tiny little bubble, you know who that's for. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like that because I think they actually went back to the original Phantom Menace concept art, had that home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but you know why they put it back on there. Oh, like, you yeah. already know that we're going to see Grogu sitting in that seat at some. Yes, point. Yeah, like but we'll, on the. Okay. Go ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, literally, like on the way in church this morning, our preacher mm-hmm. asked one of the kids. He says, "Hey, what do you think that droid pit is for? The back of Mando's X-wing? You know, it's like, yeah. of course, everybody knows our kids love Star Wars, and it's like this. This is." Like the takeaway from the whole series, yeah. Every, everybody talking about is a place for baby Grogu back there. Oh, you know it. But is Grogu going to be Jedi because he had some Jedi lessons and, you know, or Maybe he'll be the one wielding the dark saber. Mandalorian, you know, oh. like because of Mando's creed, you know. So, so the dark I, saber I, I think that there's some potentially interesting things there with. Grogu sort of playing a role in 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 between both. Well, because yeah. Filoni has built this, you have this interesting uh dynamic between the with the Jedi and the Mandalorians that Filoni is 100 percent responsible for building. Oh, yeah. Where they yeah. both they're both a people nearly wiped out. Mm-hmm. They've both lost everything. But they have each other. But we've seen Mandalorians and and Jedi work together in a lot of Filoni's stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see where that goes. And and just as a slight spoiler for one of our upcoming episodes, mm-hmm. um, where we're going to talk about refounding the Jedi Order. Right. Um, I actually, my pitch, one of my pitches, not my only pitch, or I wouldn't spoil it, but mm-hmm. one of my pitches is that Mandalore should be the new home for the Jedi Order. Oh, that's a nice one. That's a so, good one. Yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, what, the enemy and my enemy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like at this point, because the, the creed that the Death Watch... <laughs> <laughs> just 
That's just too much. Nick. That's hilarious, Nick, and I actually want to see that. Now. <laughs> just, they'll never do that. But... He brings them in cold from now on, and just the heads. He can, ride the car- he can ride in the carpool lane. <laughs> just put it up on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh man, what were we saying? <laughs> I don't remember, but, but I, I think we're going to have to see that. It, you know, the way that that the children of the watch have stuck to their creed so dogmatically, yeah, and it destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they were ready to completely destroy what was left of their society, their three-person society, for the sake of their dogma. And yeah, I think that Star Wars makes it pretty clear that dogma is what killed the Jedi. And I yeah. think that they're both going to have to come to grips with the fact that our blind dogmatism almost has almost completely wiped us out. And so maybe it's time to put aside our, our slavish adherence to the yeah. rules and actually... It's time to evolve. Exactly. Time to yeah. evolve. That's exactly the word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So before we get to kind of the final conversation, the final question I want to ask, um, just as far as this whole, because this episode is just full of fun little nods to everything that came before it. What yeah. was your favorite part of the episode? Hmm. Oh, this is just such a great episode, though. Honestly, I think the moment for me, because it's it's like no secret that, you know, I, I, I'm a prequels person. It's 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 mm-hmm. you know, it's it's my my youth and mm-hmm. he pulls back and it's a it's a Naboo starfighter. And I'm like, ah! yes, yes, yes. I mean, and there was a lot of really, but that was just, that was the moment where it was like, Chewy were home, kind of, you know, like right. to a lesser extent, but it was that same kind of thing. It was like, oh, it's my, like the, the darling thing from, you know, mm-hmm. my, my youth. And so that, that was my moment, I think. Right. And I love, I loved watching reactions and they knew they had to have known this was going to be the reaction when they first show it, the, the, the ship, when it's covered, everybody went, why does she have a pod racer? Yeah, like, you know, it looks like a pod racer sitting over it there in their like corner. Like, and that's what, like, I, I was like, it's going to mm-hmm. be a pod racer. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, who thinks a pod racer? And that's yeah, you, you, like you said, that's exactly the thought I had. But um, well, it's certainly bring it's bringing back a really really cool design. Yeah, oh, um, man, those Naboo ships were some of the coolest things. Absolutely, absolutely. some of the coolest things in in the the prequels was the that that art uh deco design that they had going on with the costumes and with the ships and the whole i mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's all the sci-fi things you know all the things all the things all the things yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, i loved the i loved showing with when we had the x-wings and the uh the n1 on screen together Mm -hmm. um i loved just having that doug chang Designed ship next to those Ralph McQuarrie designed ships was just such a cool little nod to the history of uh of of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Definitely, definitely. And uh, Joker, I, Joker voice makes a really, really good point here. I think that Bryce Dallas Howard has done three episodes now, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mandalorian in one of these. And mm -hmm. the first one, I, I think she did a fine job with the first one. But I think the episode was maybe not as strong as some of the others. And that that's just mm -hmm. kind of where it, it failed was that the episode was less interesting. But she has gotten better with everything she's done. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're going to make a solo, too, just let her make it. Yeah, right. Maybe that's oh, wow. what they're grooming her for. You never know. I mean, there's just, there's so much. And I know there's only two episodes left. But... Yeah. I'm after this past episode, it just shows me that the book of Boba is just a book of the Mandalorian and that the Pikes is just a battle and the war is going to be so much bigger to yeah, be continued. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it, it, books that maybe they haven't told us about yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mando right. 3 and mm -hmm. it's going to be <laughs> so good. <laughs> 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 I, I totally understand the sentiment uh, like not by any stretch my favorite star wars um mm -hmm. a movie but uh oh i love better Solo. than at least uh three others i can think of i mean i i know we're not talking about solo right now but i mean i named my dog chewbacca so that's how much i liked well, I named him Chewbacca because, but we got the story of Chewie and Han. Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's there's a lot to like about that movie. There, there really yeah. is. Well, um, I, 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 the only thing I didn't love about Solo is that weird, creepy droid. I didn't like the creepy droid. I, lo I really, I loved it. I, I would oh, watch the heck out of some Solo too, especially if Bryce Dallas Howard was directing it. K7, the chick droid. I think it's K seven L seven L seven L seven. I I liked her. <laughs> See L seven L seven for me was the main thing that hurt that movie for me. Really, uh, I would say that L seven lands squarely below Jar Jar Binks for me. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I hate Jar Jar Binks. Some, some of the absolute worst. L3. Yeah, you're uh, right, Nick. L3, yes. Uh yeah, because hey, L Nick. L337, because it's Leet. Okay, yeah. Uh it's Leet Speak. So mm -hmm. um I, honestly, I think that some of L3's jokes mm -hmm. are among the worst in Star Wars oh. and maybe the most non-Star Wars jokes told in Star Wars. I, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> And see, this is why not everyone likes the same thing about all the things. Yeah, yeah especially when she was like <laughs> talking about having a relationship with Lando, and Kira's like, "How can that happen? How does that work? It works." Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, "Oh, like I'm oh, not please. asking any more questions. I'm like, moving on." Like, I anyway, get what they went for? We've done lots of crazy droids in Star Wars. Uh, yeah. especially in video games. I think for they, they went for that very off sort of malfunctioning droid. It yeah. just didn't work for me. But uh, I really mm -hmm. like a lot of the rest of that movie. Yeah. But um, so kind of as we wrap up here, we're getting close to the hour mark. 
Yeah. So we've talked about this episode on its own, which I think Mm -hmm. on its own, it is absolutely stellar. Yes. How do we feel about this episode in the overall story of the Book of Boba Fett? I think if it wasn't absolutely necessary to continue the story of the Book of Boba Fett, they never would have put it in. So it's got to be absolutely necessary to the final two episodes. I feel like I feel like they took the time to give us that information because Mm -hmm. we had to have it. And it may be we initially heard that at one point in time we had heard that this was six episodes. Right. Uh, Maybe this episode may be why it suddenly turned into seven. Mm -hmm. Um, That we that we needed an interlude to catch us up on what Mando's doing, because the truth is, is that all we left off with was him you know, he was going to go join Bo-Katan's cause. Right, and, right. But mm-hmm. we we kind of needed some excuse for him to show up here. And we didn't, I, I appreciate, I kind of like that we got the episode instead of just exposition in an episode, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes of exposition in an episode. Of yeah, that's Rise true. Here. Right. Uh, but again, this was always, Favreau told us from the beginning that this was Mandalorian 2.5, that this is a piece of a bigger story. They did. And I don't know if it's people forgot about that part or if they just didn't know, but. I mean, I do still, and I will admit, I I do still feel like my, my one complaint about this series is sort of a disjointed plot. Mm -hmm. And this did sort of compound that, issue right but i i love the story if the story's going where i think it's going i absolutely love yes. the story that's being told mm-hmm. yes i yes. just it feels the story's just a little choppy but it, you know i so, think we need the whole story i think having the whole story because yeah. I, I asked david who's on our own science fictionary with us yeah. i'd asked him to come on tonight well i, I messaged him and said have you actually been watching Book yeah. of Boba Fett? he said well, no, I'm just going to wait and binge it all when it's all out. And I was like, I, I almost, I, I almost envy you at this point because I think it's yeah. going to watch better that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. Even when I go back and you know, because I like to binge them, um, if you go back and watch one, two, three, or three, four, five, um, mm-hmm. it it runs a whole lot smoother when you watch them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of every episode, we're left with brand new questions on top of the old questions so right which is i mean that's just part of watching anything with dave filoni at you know i agree with you i personally love it a lot of people don't yeah um i mean i i think that oh you go back go back and look at season one of the mandalorian there are Mm -hmm. lots of things that were thrown in there and people were like, why Why are we telling these little side stories? We don't want to hear about the frog lady. We don't right. things that don't <laughs> Things that don't mean anything. The, the shrimp Fal- farmers. Filoni <laughs> never puts anything in. It might be three seasons from now before he brings something back around, but he will bring it back around. Yeah, yeah, he will. And, you know, it's kind of hard. And in some ways I feel like, you know, after, after The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi came out, everybody, you know, the question was like, how do you feel about it? And mm-hmm. I always came back to, it depends on how they finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, like, I, it, you know, I can only make so like I enjoyed it for what it is. But how do I feel about the story? Mm hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen how the story goes yet. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, like, you know, do you feel like this is too much of an aside? It's like, well, I don't know, because we don't know how it ties in yet. Like, I haven't seen how it all fits together. So I feel like once we get done with the whole series, I'll, I'll be in a better position to say, you know, do you think they should have had just, you know, waited for Mandalorian season three? To have this, you know, and just included this episode there instead of in the middle of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of hard to say at this point just because. Right. Yeah. And I mean, going. you can sit, we can sit here and critique it and talk about the mm -hmm. things that we liked and things that we didn't. Um, there's always the risk that, if it's a risk, there's always the possibility that when it's all said and done, you're going to look back and go, okay, I don't mind those things now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And episode four of this show actually made me feel that way about episodes one through three. Some things that mm -hmm. I had complained about were kind of worked out by the end of yeah. episode four. And I was like, okay, yeah. like I, I get it. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, honestly, if we get to the end of this and if episode, because I loved episode four, episode five is amazing. If mm -hmm. six and seven are like just as good or better, yeah. And I look at this and go, there's seven episodes, and the last four are amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know that. And the first three are built up. It's like okay, I can live with that. Yeah. When you look at it like that, it's you know that you know the first act. This is always the danger with TV, and especially think, short runs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like with short run TV, because when you look at things that are like 20 episodes, like traditional TV. 20 mm -hmm. episodes, 24 episodes a season, you can have a bad start. And a lot of shows do uh, have starts where they just can't quite get the story going forward. I mean, but even if you revisit it, um, it, the first episode, everybody hated the Tuscans. You know, why are we getting these stupid flashbacks? And episode two, everybody still hated the Tuscans. Episode three, like, Oh, I really miss the Toskins. You know, I really got attached to them. So um, things change as uh, you find more stuff out. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, you can change your, your attitude about things can completely change by the time you see it all. I mean, when we went to see Ghostbusters, I'm sorry, if you haven't seen the Ghostbusters movie, I'm about to give you a spoiler. La, 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 la. Um, <laughs> don't, if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. It is. It's really good. It's so good. Um, it is we did a review and it was actually funny because I didn't get the review out for whatever reason I didn't get, or it was a, it wasn't a review. It was our, what do we expect with Ghostbusters episode? Yeah. And I yeah. actually dropped it the day after we saw the movie. Yeah. So it was kind of this like, check out what we thought about it. You before know, it came before out. it came out, yeah. even though we've already seen it. Mm -hmm. And and so everybody was getting a huge laugh out of the fact that all of us on the panel, everyone said, if they do a Force Ghost Harold Ramis, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. I'm going to hate that. Mm -hmm. And then we all loved it. And oh, we all loved it. Yes. We all cried. We all cried so many times during that movie. <laughs> Chris already bought yeah. it. I'm like, okay, I need to plan on when I'm going to cry for a couple hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, honestly, I we've kind of been talking about doing a like 
basically just a, an episode just on a couple of sequels that they've made recently yeah. that have just even elevated the original iconic stories. I mean, Bill and Ted face the music had no business being incredibly good as it was. I loved yeah. it. Um, and Ghostbusters, like, I mean, it could well, have that, been that's lame. A, that's a totally reinvigorate the franchise sort of movie. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Definitely for the next generation. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. And but as far as this, like, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait for the last two episodes to fully judge it. Yeah. Um, but right now my hopes are really, really high. Like, because like like we said, if I if we get to the end and in the last four episodes are all amazing and all yeah. I have to look back on is some nitpicks from the first three episodes, then I'm gonna be really yeah. happy. I yeah. mean, and think about like the the final episode of Mandalorian season two. We had that huge surprise of Luke and the Death mm -hmm. Troopers. And then when we thought everything was all good, they said, bam, Book of Boba Fett. And it's mm -hmm. like, what? So what are they going to do at the end of this? Like, I'm kind of hoping for like, Bam, Book of Bo-Katan, or, you know, bam, Book Something, of Sabine yeah. Wren, you know, yeah. like, what are we going to get? Please give us a treat. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the risk of that is, you know, all, especially the end of Mandalorian season two mm -hmm. is like, you get the, I mean, there's no beating that. There's yeah. no beating that ending. Like, I don't think, I don't think Star Wars will ever beat that ending again. <sighs> Of Luke Skywalker oh, showing up, we still to have rescue baby Where's Yoda. <laughs> so um, you never know. Yeah, I mean, I, and I said before this show even started, there's a whole lot of different people that could show up before this is over with. And I, I see the one they're talking about in the chat, which I'm, I'm going to purposely about? not not mention in the, on the show here because it it may not happen. But yeah, um. It, it is going to be interesting to see who does show up at the end yes, of this. It could be anybody. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, I think that there's big things coming. Who else gets their own story? I don't know. Um, yeah. The Mandalorian season three could easily be the last time we see a show specific to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it may be that, because I, I think that the whole thing is, I think this whole story is the reclamation of Mandalore. I think that's where it's yeah. going. And it may be that someone else, unless he is really going to be the one that unites and rules Mandalore, then it may be that someone else becomes more important in right. the mix here. And I see J Joker uh, mentioning uh, Cad Bane here. And oh, yeah, I, I mean, there were a lot of bounty hunters that we kind of thought mm -hmm. would show up in this. And mm -hmm. um, I'm still hoping that a lot of them do show up working for the Pikes. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think this is coming to is that mm -hmm. end of this is just the battle with the Pikes. You know, Boba is still learning how to rule and he has to learn how to rule Mos Espa before he does anything else it's just one battle but there's gonna be a war <laughs> there's gonna be a war yeah and, and the thing is like in, in it this is now a prequel right to our sequel trilogy yeah so we know where all this is going 
-hmm. Like we, we don't know all of, you know, we don't, we don't know all of the battles, but we know where we know where they end up. Yeah. So, um, in some ways, like we know it's not all going on an upward trajectory indefinitely. Right. And um, so it'll be interesting to see where they kind of go. Even after we do the Battle of Mandalore, we still have to think about the whole battle against Thrawn, too. So, yeah, that's a that's a big thing that's so going out there. Many. Well, well uh, there seems to be some some mixed information even among you know among the uh the mandalorians as to exactly what the state of mandalore is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so yes we saw those really incredible scenes in this flashback but you know boba fett in the mandalorian season two says they turned that planet to glass and bo mm -hmm. Tan says you know don't believe everything you hear mm -hmm. so um you know we don't know what mandalore actually even looks like at this point and so mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of story to tell with the Mandalorians. It could be that Thrawn is on Mandalore. You, you never know. Well, Thrawn, Thrawn being on Mandalore gives you an excuse to tie the Ahsoka series back to this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because we we did throw the Thrawn thing out there, but we don't know yet if the Thrawn thing was a continue has anything to do with the Mandalorian story or if it was just to introduce him as part of the Ahsoka story. Right, yeah. right. And how much all those will connect. I think at the end, and it might take a couple years, but in the end, everything's going to connect because that's what Favreau and Filoni do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think everything that they're working on, that they're actively involved in will connect. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think the only non-connected show, well, we've got two. I don't think that, I guess we have three because I don't think Obi Wan will connect, and mm. um, and I don't think. Although I think we will see maybe some different views of Tusken Raiders based on what we've learned in this series. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have uh, Andor, which is obviously set too far back to really connect to this. And, yeah. Um, and the Acolyte, which I have no idea. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's not going to connect. Uh, it's the one I'm the most concerned about. Uh, it's the one with the least foothold in old Star Wars story, so it's it's yeah. the one that that I'm uh, really concerned about. But yeah. um, all these other things, all these things that Filoni and Favreau are hands on, and I, I don't, I'm absolutely almost certain that when this one ends, we're going to get an announcement of a show we haven't heard of yet. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I'm hoping for. And we still have Bad Batch season two coming out this year, I think. Uh, we still have Ahsoka coming out in 2023. We've got the Mandalorian season three that's supposed to be out. What in the in the late fall is it? You know they're kind of mixed on that. Um, I'm suspecting that it's going to be a December because there's kind of some back and forth of whether it's a 2022 or 2023 thing. Yeah, and I kind of think it's going to wind up being like like this one. It's going to fit that same time slot that we'll get a first episode right around Christmas. Mm -hmm. or New Year's, and then it'll mm -hmm. bleed into 2023. I would and love for it to be earlier than that. Yeah. But I, I'm assuming right now that we're going to get Boba Fett, the Bad <laughs> and and Mandalorian before, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Kenobi before yeah. Mando season three. So I think this yeah. one will be pretty late in the year. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to be a matter of how much there will, you know, you know, it is all Disney, you know, Marvel mm -hmm. and, and Lucasfilm. They are all under mm -hmm. the Disney umbrella, but they do, they do compete to some extent as, a, as studios. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be interesting to see how much, like, I, I think that Kevin Feige has shown that he's not afraid to release his stuff against anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, he's almost brazen about it. Mm -hmm. And and so it'll be interesting to see how much Lucasfilm tries to move. And I don't know how much control they have over it, or if they just go to Disney and say it's ready and Disney plus figures out when it's going to drop. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you've got four Star Wars series, counting this when you've got four Star Wars series this year. Yeah. And at, at least that many Marvel series. So it'll be interesting to see how they schedule. Yeah. And don't forget, we still got to connect Omega, you know? Yeah. I'm still curious to see if they will connect Omega anywhere. Ooh, here maybe Omega is the, um, the armor, the armorer. Oh my gosh. What if <laughs> oh, that's, that's my new, that's my new favorite thing. We really got completely. I love thinking like that. Hey, people can like totally mask their accent. Maybe so. Yeah. That would be interesting. I really would be shocked, but who knows? When I was little, I I spoke with a very heavy New York accent, and now I speak mostly Pennsylvanian. So, you know, when you yeah. grow up, you you talk differently. Um, but oh, that would be so great! I never even thought of that. I pictured Omega showing up in Ahsoka because Omega's going to have to hang out with Ahsoka and Rex. I wanted to give her to Rex to protect mm -hmm. her. So I just kind of like, oh, she'll show up in Ahsoka. But yeah, what if she shows up now? Yeah. That, um, oh. that could be that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if they all, <laughs> I'm really curious to see if they if they do make that connection. Um yeah. I can't imagine unless there's something. I mean, we do have Bad Batch season two coming out, I guess, this yeah. summer. So yeah. Uh, we may learn something in there that helps us connect her down I'm the road. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing right now. I don't think they've given given us a whole lot mm -hmm. to to know if we should be trying to connect her to events Anything this else. far forward yeah. or not. Not just yet. I think we do need that second season. But it would be so cool. It's going to be so cool when it all connects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is Tim Morrison going to play Omega? <laughs> Like <laughs> wig on. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It'd be interesting. <laughs> Omega. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap us up for tonight. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat tonight. Uh, we kind of had a lot of people coming and going over here. I see Joker has but he's got a video coming out at 12 Pacific tomorrow. So definitely check oh, it out. Joker. <laughs> um, but um, I'm I'm can't wait to see what the last two episodes. Yeah, bring absolutely. Us. Really can't wait. <laughs> really can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's gonna be a good year for Star Wars. Yeah, I think and so. we're not getting a Star Wars movie, which I have opinions, but mm -hmm. I think we're gonna get some really great stuff coming to the small screen, and I'm Finally, going to get my Dagum Obi Wan show that I've been like, yeah, 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 super into forever. 
come on, we're we're in like the third year of 2020. We need it. <laughs> I know, like, come on. It, it just can't can't go on forever, right? Yeah. Right. If if cryogenic freezing was an option, this would have 2020 oh, would have been the year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I could have missed all that shit. Yes, oh, indeed. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Joker did make one more point here. It's worth mentioning that uh, Dave is directing this next episode. That is always oh, a good big. a good sign. It's going to yeah. be big. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, usually that means we're getting something very, very big and important in the Mandalorian story. Mm -hmm, yeah. So um, that'll be interesting. Uh, but let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up so uh kelly i'll let you tell everybody where they can find you online sure uh you can find me anywhere on any of the socials at the sidebar cantina and today i just created a brand new bio dot link slash the sidebar cantina so you could find any of our socials on that link. awesome yeah the guys go live tomorrow evening at 5.30 Eastern, and they're going to be talking about their Patreon choice, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. So nice. that's our Patreon picked out this month. Awesome. awesome. Um, you can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans, and I... I'm theoretically P Padawans on Twitter about once a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, y'all... 2020 and mm -hmm. 21 and and twitter and i just did not all get on so here we are yeah. well, <laughs> we <get it. laughs> we're gonna be recording a lot of episodes of course on radio underground yeah. over the next two mm -hmm. weeks because marisha's hopefully hopefully getting a job on a movie yeah. so she'll be gone for about six weeks so we're gonna we're gonna uh, record a, a whole bunch log. of stuff before she goes mm -hmm. and add it to the list of things marisha has to do over the next two weeks <laughs> Plus mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast at CRU underscore podcast. You can drop us a line at course on radio underground at gmail.com. You can check out our other science fiction and fantasy podcast at the science fictionary podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next time, may the force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.